there's a reoccurring statement and it is simply begin again. And it focuses on not dwelling in the past or setting up expectations for the future and can apply to almost anything you do, right? So you mess something up, simply begin again. You lose focus, simply begin again. And really believing in the statement for me um, assists with the fear. Welcome to She Speaks How She Does It. I'm your host, Elisa Freud, and each week on the show, we shine a spotlight on the story of an inspiring woman who boldly shares her journey with us. We are so grateful that you're here. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the show today, everyone. I hope you're having a great week so far. I'm looking forward to you hearing my conversation today with Katherine Clifton. Katherine is the championship director for the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. That's the Professional Golf Association. She is the youngest championship director at the PGA, and she had just coordinated the highly successful um, event that happened in Atlanta, in Georgia, at the Athletic Club um, this past June, where they gave away four and a half million dollars to the winners of that event. Thousands of people attended, many, many more watched the televised event. And I talked to Catherine about what it's like to get to the level she's at, at the age she's at, and how does she coordinate the many, many pieces that are needed to run a hugely successful event, the size and the scale of the PGA Championship. So we're going to jump right in. All right. Well, welcome to the show today, everyone. And welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. So I need to understand this because I am not a golf fan, but you are entrenched in the golf world. Um, Can you talk about what the tournament is and what the job entails, what your, your role is? Sure. Okay. So um, I am a championship director for the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Um, it is one of the five majors on the professional uh, women's golf tour. Um, the men only have four, just to kind of compare. This event is run by the PGA of America, which again is my employer. And it's in conjunction with KPMG, which is our title sponsor, and the LPGA. We um, put on, uh, like I said, one of the most fantastic events that the women get to play throughout the year. It's one of the largest purses on the tour, $4.3 million with 645000 going to the winner. Wow. Really, yeah, really great for that winner um, and just really great for women's golf. Really exciting to see so many big names like KPMG supporting women's golf. And and my job, uh, if I had to put it in a nutshell, is everything that would be on the golf course during a tournament week is my job. So structure, security, uh, portalettes, you know, the beautiful pieces of the job, right? Also making sure that the players are happy and the caddies are taken care of and that everything is running smoothly. So really anything that involves the event is my job and I have a wonderful team here at the Atlanta Athletic Club here in Johns Creek. David Shepard, he's our GM out here at the club. It's just been fantastic. And he just really has a staff that knows what they're doing. We had our men's event here um, in 1981, uh, 2001, and 2011. So we're on about every 10-year track for the most part. So, But this is the first time the women have played here, and they're very, very excited to check out this championship course. It is absolutely fantastic. 
Well, I love what you said about the purse size. And I just learned this when I was doing my research um, because I am not um, a golfer myself. Um, I learned that the purse is sort of the total prize money, right? That is available to the players. First, how many women do you expect to be playing? So we have a full field event, which is 156 players that'll be coming to the Johns Creek area the week of June 22nd through 27th this year. That prize money actually is divided up to all of the ones that make the cut for the weekend. So, you know, there's four rounds that are played. After the first two rounds, there's a cut that's made. And then after the cut is kind of how the money is divvied up. But again, that makes that $645,000. So, And it's wonderful to see women being able to win so much prize money. What is it like working with the women of golf? Working with the women of golf is honestly inspiring. Um, I did come from the men's side and so had a lot of experience on just men's events and was really looking forward to the opportunity on working with the women. One of the things that is fantastic about the LPGA players is they are professionals, but they have this beautiful grace about them and they love interacting with everyone, whether you're a big, you know, huge golf nut or maybe you've come out to the tournament just to experience some nice weather and maybe see some golf that you not you don't know too much about you know they you know if you ever ran into one of them they are just so fantastic and lively and and they they're excited about growing the game just as we are at the PGA of America and so one of the things that we've really seen also with the pandemic which has been really hard for a lot of people is the growth of the game of golf. It's been an activity that people have picked up over this time because it's been an outlet that has allowed for people to be outside, maybe see a person, uh, but still be able to socially distance and still feel like their livelihood is 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 safe and, and they feel comfortable and they're outside and they're doing an activity. So Again, we're just really happy that the game of golf has grown so much. Again, unfortunate because of the circumstances, but happy that it's been an outlet for people. Absolutely. And I, I have to tell you, I would not have, that wouldn't have come to mind, but when you talk about it, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. that, you know, it's outside. You can be socially distanced. You don't have to be touching another player in, in like so many other sports. So it seems like a great sport to be able to take up if, yeah. you know, you're in uh, during this during this time. Can you talk a little bit about how you got in and what inspired you to get into the work of sports? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I grew up playing three different sports, uh, soccer, golf, and swimming, and really learning to value the experience of competitive sports because it provided the commitment of being a part of a team, the ability mm-hmm. to productively manage my time, and then the thrill of accomplishing you know, personal as well as team goals. Soccer and golf were definitely uh, my primary focuses, much to my mother's chagrin. She was a USA like swim official. So you know, swimming was what my sisters did. And then my first job in college, I was actually hired by Red Bull to be a part of the wings team, which you basically drive around in a stylized Mini Cooper, handing out uh, beverages at sporting events. We had to have knowledge about all of the athletes and the sports that um, Red Bull actually sponsored. So it did go more into that um, extreme sports category, which I had never experienced. After that, it, I just kind of started snowballing. I began searching for, for uh, 
uh, varied opportunities to kind of just experience the different facets of the business. Started looking at donor relations and did that at University of Kentucky, which I am um, from Lexington, Kentucky. So go cat. Sorry, all the dogs out there. So started doing some corporate partnership internships with an indoor arena football team. Also did some digital marketing for a thoroughbred horse operation called Woodford Racing. Again, Lexington Roots had to had to do some thoroughbred stuff, right? And so eventually I actually found the PGA of America through the PJ Boatwright internship, which had me officiating junior golf tournaments one summer and kind of just fell in love with golf. And I knew I'd grown up playing, but never had really looked at it as a business. I think the final, the nail in the coffin was I did my senior year, before my senior year of college, got an internship with IMG, which is a huge sports conglomerate and in their golf events and consulting division, which ultimately just sold me on the industry. I had a fantastic summer. They you know, really taught me so much about the business. And I just, I, I, I loved it. I loved the feeling it, it was to create something for people to experience. And, and that's really how I kind of got hooked. I, I Well, I love that. And I love that it was something that, you know, you had exposure to when you were younger, but then kind of found your way back to it as you, as you got older. In terms of, you know, the industry, we talked about the fact that it is, um, a more male-dominated industry, are there um, pressures or challenges that come up for you being a woman in a male-dominated industry? As any industry, I think there are always challenges, especially for someone with the amount of determination and drive I, I have. And I honestly focus less on the gender difference and more on how I could sharpen my skills to really take advantage over my peers. Um, to, so, you know, it, I won't say that um, there weren't a lot of males in the room, but I, know, I don't know if I really looked at myself differently. That Well, which maybe is part of the distinction of how you just do it. You kind of just go and you, you make your contribution without necessarily specifically focusing on the differences. What unique qualities or perspectives do you bring to the PGA as the youngest championship director? I think over the last 10 years, most of my experience has been in sports and entertainment. But for about two and a half years, I actually left sports and pursued a greater knowledge of the events and consulting industry by joining an international event firm up in Washington, D.C. called Lender Global Events. I learned a lot about myself and really pushed myself to learn some new skills, a lot of stage production. And honestly, you know, I was really blessed because I got um, put on two main accounts for them, which were Mars Incorporated and the Smithsonian. And one of the highlights of my career, hands down, was opening up the new um, Smithsonian, the National Museum of African American History and Culture. You know, managing an event with that kind of celebrity, heavy presence and security measures was so challenging and fun and sleepless nights. And and I think being a part of those type of projects really enabled me to come back to the golf industry with a whole nother appreciation. Can you talk about the scale of this operation? It's, sure. it's enormous. Yeah. So um, kind of imagine that, you know, you're having a dinner party for 10. Okay. And then multiply that by about 2000%. <laughs> so now you're making sure that everyone has food, beverage, there's electricity being pumped everywhere that needs electricity, there's running water for where it's important. And that we're on a golf course. So that, you know, people think that irrigation water might be a good thing. Well, it, it won't cut 
for certain things we need. So, you know, running all of those operational pieces, as well as the transportation pieces, how are people getting onto property, selling corporate sponsorship or corporate hospitality, it's endless. And then on top of that, you're also looking at volunteers. How are you going to have the manpower to be able to make all of these fantastic structures that you're, you know, erecting onto the golf course and being able to make operational, how are you going to make them function? How you have people checking tickets? What about security? And then, oh, wait, what about the players? <laughs> so, you know, oh, and that's, yeah, just them, just the players, <laughs> you know, the people that are here, you know, to actually play world renowned golf. I, I always say events people, we're a little crazy. We love what we do. We want to rip our hair out sometimes. But in the end of the end of the day, there is just so much pleasure creating experiences to accomplish goals. And I think finding the right people. So I, I have gotten to build my team here in Atlanta and making sure that we're selling the right products to fulfill that vision, to really have the then be enjoyed by the masses is really fantastic. And and making it look look effortless. It's it's a it's a um, complex industry and job, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So it sounds like there are many parts to your job. What is your favorite part? Oh, I, I would say I think it is seeing. So I thought I was going to be an architect um, <laughs> early on. <laughs> Wait, you were you thought you were going to be archi- an architect and now you are running an enormous event for women with a $4.3 million purse. That's correct. Yes. I would like to say that I took all of my interest in building and creating into the events industry. It's kind of nuts to see everything. You know, you go into two years of planning, it takes three months to build, and then it's all torn down in a week. It's so fulfilling though. Being able to actually watch people walk through your event and enjoy themselves and see the top 100 players around the world play golf is probably my favorite part of the event. I don't know if I could pick like one um, thing that I work on, but just seeing everyone else's face when they come is probably my favorite. Given what you do, that's probably a good thing to have be your favorite part. What are What is a tip you can give people about managing so, I mean, so many details at the same time? It's putting a team behind you that help fill in your shortfalls. I am not perfect. I think the most effective thing of being a leader is is by recognizing that, you know, I can't do everything. I've been really supported by a lot of people in my career. I wouldn't be where I am without the mentors or past supervisors that I've had. And I've been very fortunate to be able to, you know, freely express when I feel like I'm maybe not as good at something. And and being able to recognize that is the biggest piece of advice I would give anybody. Recognize your shortfalls and then surround yourself with the people that can help you. I, I think that is just such excellent advice. And it shows a maturity uh, beyond your years, right? Because, you know, you are still relatively early in your career. Um, and to have that maturity to understand that, you you don't know it all, right? Because especially when we're younger, I think we want to know it all, or we think right. we know it all. Just such an it's a, such a great insight. We talked about how there are so many elements that you are juggling to make this all happen to produce mm-hmm. this enormous event. Well, how do you deal with the inevitable failures that happen? I mean, because I I just the small amount I know about event management and production, it 
you can have five things go wrong in any given day. So how do you deal with things going wrong and, and kind of moving forward? I have looked at failure as just an opportunity to pivot and redirect. A speaker, you know, knows this intuitively. They lose their audience and then they have to redirect almost on a dime. And so Mm -hmm. there is never a point where you really don't have any options, but you have to just stop and recognize that you need to have a a moment, Mm -hmm. take a step back and then really allow yourself to assess, assess the situation. Too many times, I think we make decisions too quickly. Personally, one of the things that I've been working on, especially over the last few years, is is listening and slowing down my reaction time because it's so easy to quickly react. And in reality, like, is that the best next step? You seem like you have a very good sense of who you are, like a self-awareness. Is that something, do you have a daily practice for self-awareness? Does How do you tap into kind of what's going on with you and, and really use it to your advantage? Because they, we hear from a lot of women that self-awareness can be difficult, especially when we're all so busy and just doing. How do you develop that? How have you developed your self-awareness? First of all, thank you. Um, I, that was very kind. I, I think my job requires me to think so much in the future. You know, there are times where we're thinking about something that's happening in two years, but you know, your life is in the now. And so my daily practice that I have really started working on about a year and a half ago is meditating every day. I find that it really helps me stay present. It focuses me on living for today, that it's okay to, especially when it is your job to think in the future, to plan and and that is effective. But when you start living out those plans and then getting too entangled and in maybe the negative or or the the unpleasant um, side of that, it doesn't really do you much service. There's a reoccurring statement and it is simply begin again. And it focuses on not dwelling in the past or setting up expectations for the future and can apply to almost anything you do, right? So you mess something up, simply begin again. You lose focus, simply begin again. And really believing in the statement for me um, assists with the fear. I think everyone's scared of raising your hand during that meeting or questioning something that doesn't seem right or misstepping. And honestly, it's okay if you do those things because you can just simply begin again. You know what? And and as you're saying it, it's just, it strikes me that, what it really means is you give yourself a bit of grace. And I think as women, we are so earnest that sometimes we're our, our, our own worst critics and the mm-hmm. voice that is in our heads, like what we, how we talk to ourselves, beca- can become very much how we feel about ourselves. So I very love much. your advice about yeah. simply begin again. So much of meditation and um, allowing yourself the realization is that being kind to yourself. I mean, we're not kind to ourselves most of the time. We as women put on ourselves, um, especially during this very strange time, you know, everyone is getting pandemic fatigue and it's exhausting. It's not easy for anybody, you know, and I think creating a space for yourself where you get to really kind of just come back and and focus internally and it creates 
the rest of my day being so much better. And so not that I'm an influencer or I'm trying to um, push any specific apps, but I listened to 10% Happier. It's fantastic. So if anybody was ever looking for a meditation or a daily practice, I would definitely say meditation has been just so beneficial to me in my life and professionally and personally. So what is next for you? I mean, you're you're doing this and it's unbelievable how you know, how quickly you kind of come along in your career. What What's next? Uh, so the KBMG Women's PGA Championship actually moves location every year. So um, I'm actually in charge of all of the odd years. So 21 and 23 and then so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. next for me um, is going to be moving to New Jersey um, for the 2023 event at Volta Straw Golf Club in Springfield, New Jersey. So if people want to follow you and follow your continue to follow what you're doing, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So I think if you want to follow the event, um, that's going to be uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship um, dot com. And then we have um, our Instagram, um, same KPMG Women's PGA. Um, and then personally, if you want to follow me, um, I'm CW Clifton uh, on Instagram. And yeah, definitely give me a follow. would love to build a network and say hello to all of your listeners out there. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. So appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at shespeaks.com. Until next time.